everybody. Here we go! Off to Neverland! Welcome to Detour to Neverland! Just a little bit of pixie dust. Where we interview Disneyers to discover unique ways to express your love for Disney. Think of the happiest thing. Now here's your host, Brendan Wright. Welcome back to Detour to Neverland. With us today is a very special guest, and we'll get into that later on, why I've been looking forward to this interview for so long. But Justin from Walt's Wardrobe is here to join us, tell his Disney story. So Justin, thank you so much for taking the time to chat with us today. Um, and someone who's not familiar with Walt's Wardrobe, if you can go ahead and introduce yourself and tell a little bit about what you guys are all about. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, I just want to say thanks, Brendan, for having me on. Um, so basically, Walt's Wardrobe is a clothing brand um, that focuses on items and tees that are inspired by Disney and Disney parks. Um, and it's run by myself um, and my wife, Megan. Um, fortunately, she couldn't be here tonight, but it's run by both of us. Um, and yeah, that's a small little gist of it. Um, we started back in 2016, February 2016. So we're going on three years now. Um, and we've been doing this and it's now my full-time job and I absolutely love it. Yeah, that's awesome. So why, uh, and one of the reasons why I wanted to reach out to you and I, and I've been so excited for this interview is that the greetings from paradise fall tea was actually, I believe the very first Disney inspired, um, piece of apparel that my wife uh, at that time girlfriend bought me that was outside the parks and you know and and someone putting the time and effort to create that and dating it i'm not exactly sure but it had to have been pretty early of when you guys started because i know it was in 2016 and i want to say a word to flower and garden so it might have been right after you guys started up yeah it was um i want to say that was uh my third design um so my third shirt and uh i love hearing that like you gave me goosebumps just telling me that and you can't see me right now, but I have this really big grin on my face, and I just love that story. Yeah, so it's it's so interesting because I know at that time that's where you guys were on Etsy, and now you've um, spilled over and you have your own website and everything uh, that goes along with that. But it's it's just been so amazing to follow Walt's wardrobe story, and and I'm sure we'll get into all of that um, through the conversation. But where I want to start is your love for Disney and, the, and your love for the parks. Where did that begin and how did that evolve over time? Yeah, so um, as um, as of right now, I live in Texas, but I actually grew up in the Southern California area. Um, my mom would take my brother and I to Disneyland uh, back in the day, back when it was just Disneyland and tickets were like 40 bucks. <laughs> And um, we moved out here to Texas um, around 10 years ago. And um, living in Southern California back then, it was kind of like I would take all the theme parks for granted. And it's just like I, I didn't really knew what I had until it was gone. And then I started dating Megan. And I always had this dream of going to Disney World because I had never been. But you grew up. Like in the 90s, watching Disney Channel and seeing all the commercials and advertisements they had for Disney World. Um, 
so I made it my goal to have our very first trip or to have our trip uh, to Disney World. And that was actually the first trip we took together. Um, we went back in 2015 and I planned it out. We were there for three days. Um, we went to all three of the parks, excluding Epcot. Um, and we just had a blast. And after that, like, I just made it a goal to like go back. And then I took Megan to Disneyland for her first time that following uh, January for the Christmas season. She fell in love with Disneyland. And ever since then, we've just been going every year, actually like multiple times every year. We've been kind of setting like our own Disney bucket list, knocking off, like staying at different resorts. And it's just this thing that's been enamored. It's enamored us. And it's something that we kind of share together. Um, You know, people who like aren't in the Disney community always ask, why you guys always go there? And it's not like the fact that it's because we're at Disney. I mean, yeah, that plays a big factor, but it's the fact that like it's something that Megan and I share. I actually went to Disneyland um, by myself a couple of years ago because my brother was in the, in the LA area. And I was like, yeah, can we stop by Anaheim? We spent the night in Anaheim. And I started walking and I was like, man, Disneyland's right there. And I bought a ticket, went into Disneyland, and I just felt so sad because Megan wasn't there. I would like see families enjoying themselves seeing couples enjoying themselves. And I'm like, oh man, I'm by myself, but Megan's not here. This doesn't feel right. Um, so yeah, that's definitely something that, uh, that's uh, how Disney is in our life, basically. Mm-hmm. It's so interesting that you mentioned that because it's a conversation that my wife and I have had recently, as well as that we both kind of, uh, we both grow up, grew up with our own individual love for Disney. And then when we started dating, I, that, I, at that point, we're high school sweethearts. I know it's as cliche as that is, but... Um, You're good. We're the same. <laughs> <laughs> good deal. So, you know, at, at that point in my life was when I wasn't, you know, didn't really have the affection for Disney that I then got when I became a young adult. Um, but it really seems like so many people in the Disney community and so many married couples in the Disney community that it really just intertwines itself into the relationships um, you know, and creates a, a really special bond, of, you know, of these physical locations that you can go to and, and feel emotions that you can't really experience anywhere else. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, I mean, everybody has their own little quirk. And for a lot of people, that just happens to be Disney. And I'm just glad that it's it's something that is just so positive and that, you know, that's our that's our vice, basically. <laughs> mm hmm. So just playing out this timeline in my head. So you took that trip to Walt Disney World in 2015, and then you started Walt's wardrobe in 2016. Yes. So what took place in you know those couple months between that trip and between when you started Walt's wardrobe to, to spark it, get the ball rolling, and decide to put it out there? So that basically, those trips we, or in that year, we had multiple trips. Um, like I said, we started off with Disney World, and then we went to Disneyland, um, and then we did uh, Disney World again. I may be getting the, the year wrong. I feel like we went in 2014, because I'm like, there's no way it only took us like half a year to get this thing started. I, I, I might have gotten it wrong, um, but we've been going a lot. And then we, um, 
just like everybody else would get ready and, you know, pack for trips. Um, we would always make the occasion trip to the Disney store to get like Disney shirts and, you know, plan out what shirts we're wearing to what park. Um, and then at that time it was just like, I wanted something different as opposed to, you know, what you could get at Target or what you could get at the Disney store. And, um, there was one shop I remember back in the day, um, Nicole, uh, at Happily Ever Tease. Um, we would buy her shirts and then, um, a trip came along and I was just like, I can probably do this. I can, I, I have some ideas in my head. Let's go ahead and give it a try. Um, so then 2016 comes along, I get a tax refund and I decide to invest that tax refund into starting a shop. And then we started off with our two designs. Um, the very first iteration of our anyone can eat design and our citizen in Everland, which we still have in the shop now. That's awesome. So when you decided to have that conversation, you know, if it was in the back of your mind or if it was in the back of Megan's mind, I guess, what did that conversation look like together where you said, let's take this leap and let's go for it? It was actually me. Oh, Megan thought it was crazy. <laughs> um, it was a good thing. It wasn't a lot of money, um, but it was kind of like, I have some designs and I kind of want to make clothes that I want to wear to the parks. And to this day, it's still, that's like, you know, that's still one of the driving factors is I want to make what I want to wear. And then, um, um, we researched a little bit, um, on, on to how to do it. I found a local printer in Texas. Um, we found some shirts that we liked as far as material how it felt on us. Um, Megan actually had a couple of them that she wore to the park just to see if it was good. Um, and then I kind of dabbled on Photoshop um, just because I didn't know how to go about hiring a designer. Um, so I kind of just played with it myself. And we got the first designs up um, onto Etsy, which is great if you're first starting out. Etsy is very easy. Um, it brings the customers to you. And then from there, um, the crazy thing is we went a month without a sale. <laughs> and during that month, like I was hitting my head. I'm like, what did I do? I just wasted all this money. I don't even know if this is right. Um, and then with the help of the Disney community, Sarah at Justin Disney happened to repost one of our photos on Instagram. And from there we got our first sale and I was just ecstatic. It was just crazy. Like I was like, yeah, somebody bought my shirt. Like, and then it just went uphill from there. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. So something that uh, we recently had on Deidre and Ryan from Foolish Mortal Supply, um, and they have you know such an amazing shop over there as well. And a question that I asked them, and that I want to uh, you know ask you as well, because I think it it um, brings back some really great emotions and some great memories. So the first time that you were ever in the parks and saw a complete stranger wearing one of your designs, what, what is that memory like? I, what design was it? I want to say it's the back when like this phrase was like hot. It was, uh, it was our shirt it said it's lit and it has a uh, Lumiere dabbing. I want to say somebody had it and I was kind of like starstruck and I didn't say anything. Um, to this day, I don't say anything. <laughs> I just admire from afar. Um, 
but I want to say they, um, we were doing a group tri- uh, trip to Disney World. I had brought some of our friends and they had pointed it out and they were telling me, go say something. And I just, I just, I just get um, really nervous and I just don't know what to say. Like, Hey, I made your shirt. Like <laughs> it just comes out really awkward. And to this day, if people ask like, Oh, where'd you get your shirt from? I just always name drop the website or the brand. And I admire from afar. But I'm really <laughs> grateful. I'm really grateful. Like, it's crazy seeing shirts in the parks. Um, and the fact that, like, at one point, I folded that shirt. I packed it for you. That was just a mere design on, il- on Illustrator. And now you're wearing it, which is crazy. Yeah, that's uh, that's a great story. And I think it's so funny, you know, to hear people, you know, where you're producing the stuff that you're putting so much effort to and so much um, you know, love and passion into to, to see, you know, to see that full process take circle and see someone really enjoying it in the park. So going along those same lines, the Disney community, I think, you know, all of us, since we have such a passion for the Disney, um, you know, everything that goes along with Disney, we appreciate how unique that the Disney community is. But do you have any thoughts on it? You know, what is it meant to you guys personally, and then also as Walt's wardrobe, just being in the Disney community, being on Instagram and all these other platforms where you can, you know, find all these different people have the exact same passions as you. It's incredible, honestly. Like we've met some really great friends. Um, some that, you know, when we're down in Orlando, we'll just go and spend time with them without even stepping into the parks or like, you know, riding any rides. Um, we actually had one of our buddies, um, used to live in Chicago and now we moved to Dallas. Um, anytime we get a chance to go and visit, drive down to Dallas and hang out with him, we do that. And um, just uh, seeing all the support on Instagram, seeing all the people tag us, um, leave comments on our posts um, and just take the time to like, you know, talk to us. It's great. Um, and the fact that like, you can make friends um, through this community and kind of like set up plans to, to hang out in the parks. Um, it, it's honestly the best. Mm-hmm. Well, good deal. So something I want to hit on is your design process. So how does that look? How do you, without giving away any of your, you know, behind the scenes um, tricks of the trade, but what does it look like for you to go from idea to creation um, and get something posted in the store i think um it's always tough because ideas are either really hard to come across or really easily to come across the hardest part is always execution um when it comes to rts it's either i'm designing it um which is few uh nowadays just because you know we have our designer on hand lane who is great um, he's done all of our stuff recently. Um, and the fact that I am not a designer at all, <laughs> I kind of self-taught myself with the magic of YouTube. Um, so yeah, we designed the shirts, get them onto the perfect shirt that we feel is the right match for it. Um, and then we, uh, hope that it executes well and hope that you guys like it. 
when it comes down to cut and sew, it's a, it's a little different process. Um, by cut and sew, I mean like stuff that has a little bit more detail to it, such as our, like, you know, our baseball jerseys. Um, we just released our striped tees, um, which is also cut, cut and sew. It has a little bit more personalization to it, you know, as opposed to just getting a, a tee and then putting a design on it. Um, that's a little bit more work. Um, and that's something I kind of taught myself as well, going through that process and kind of Googling everything. Um, a lot of it is kind of self-taught and kind of seeing what the internet can give you because it's definitely the manufacturing business is definitely difficult to get into, um, especially if you don't have connections. And But it's all about uh, what the internet can give you because the internet has a lot of great things and you can learn a lot without even having to go to school, which is just ridiculous and mind-blowing. Um, but it's definitely something that's that's a lot of thought put into this entire process and something that um, we kind of take gambles putting on uh, every design just to see that you guys, customers, will like it. Um, and of course, you know, if, if uh, either Megan and I don't like it, it, it doesn't go past that. But um, we were proud with uh, everything we've come out with to date. Yeah, that's great. And I think that you can really tell from your store and um, to see that everything is intentional. Everything has so much um, thought and you could really see, you know, the inspiration that you received for these designs or, or that your designer received to, to put it out there and, and that, you know, that everything is purposeful and, and trying to just spread that joy um, that all of us love so much about Disney. Thanks. That means a lot. Thank you. Good deal. So the last question I want to ask before we head into the lightning round is just, you know, having the store open for a little over two years now, what, you know, I'm sure it's been a whirlwind. If you, you know, had told yourself when you first started that you'd be close to 50,000 Instagram followers at this point, you know, and be able to be working on this full time. What do you think you would have told yourself at the beginning of this journey? That's tough because going into this, I, it like, I had never even thought about this. Um, I have a retail background for about like eight years, but I went to engineering school and my, my dream was to become an Imagineer. And the fact that I'm doing this right now, um, is just crazy. And I think I would probably tell myself to just kind of take it slow and think of any, everything methodically and, kind of enjoy the ride because um, the the past two and a half years or two and something years has gone pretty quickly and we've done a lot. Um, and it's, it's definitely, um, we have a lot of plans for the future um, coming up and I don't see this train slowing down. Um, so if I could, uh, if I could just think ahead, way ahead, that'd be great. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's awesome. I think I can speak for myself and the rest of the Disney community that we're just so excited to see the evolution of Walt's wardrobe and, and be able to see where you take it and where you evolve to because it's been, you know, for me personally, buying that uh, tea back in 2016. Uh, I've really enjoyed keeping up with you guys and, and seeing how much you've grown and, and how much of an impact that you're able to have on the Disney community. Thank you. Thank you. People say that and it just like, it still shocks me. <laughs> You're just like, 
when I talk to people, um, like other small shops, they always say like, yeah, you know, you guys were like um, one of the few in the beginning. And I'm like, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's great. So next we'll jump into our lightning round. So I'll just throw out some Disney topics. And if you can just kind of share the first thing that comes to your mind um, so that our listeners can get to know your Disney fandom a little bit better. Awesome. Sounds good. All right. So the first one's an easy one. Just name the Disney parks that you have visited. Oh, I love this question. Um, so like I said, I grew up in uh, Disneyland. So of course, Disneyland DCA. Uh, Megan and I have been to the four parks. And then actually next Saturday, we're actually going to Tokyo. So going to check those. Two oh, wow. Out. Yeah. So very excited about that. That's awesome. So at the time this episode airs, you'll be back. Um, so I'd be happy to check out your Instagram and, and see, you know, where you guys deposit some of those thoughts uh, from Tokyo, because I think, you know, it's such an amazing park that, that so many people are, are yearning to get out there too. Oh yeah. I'm so excited. Have me back on the show. I'll talk about it. Quick editor's note. We did record this episode. It drops next Tuesday, episode number 36. So excited to share that with you guys. Justin tells all about their Tokyo trip. Such an amazing episode, so can't wait to share that with you guys. So keep that in the back of your mind throughout the rest of this episode that you'll be hearing from Justin again soon for that Tokyo trip report. <laughs> yeah, let's do it. We'll do a trip report for it. Yeah. So next question would be, of the parks that you have visited, which one is your favorite and why? Oh, that's tough. Um, still Disneyland. Um, every time I go to that park, it's it's always like I'm stepping back home. And uh, it's crazy, even though we go to Disney World, just because it's a closer trip for us from Texas, um, Disneyland is, it just brings back nostalgia. Perfect. Next one is a Disney bucket list trip. Are, are you fulfilling that this Saturday? Yeah, it was Tokyo. Um, <laughs> but I think it's, it's, uh, it's Shanghai now. I got to get on that Tron cycle. I, I've always bounced back and forth between Shanghai and Tokyo, that there's, it seems like they're both similar, but have these very unique features about them that uh, are worth experiencing both of them on a, on a full-fledged trip. Yeah, and the fact that like China and Japan, I mean, yeah, they're both in Asia, but like two totally different locations. So it's a big, uh, big uh, culture shift on both of those mm -hmm. places. So it'd be fun to visit uh, Shanghai for sure. Yeah, I've often heard people say that they want to visit all of the Asian parks on one trip. And I think, A, I would suggest that person look at Google Maps because the parks are nowhere near each other. Um, and B, I think you're exactly right that the cultural differences between China and Japan would be somewhat of a shock to be able to do that on one trip. Yeah, I mean, I've, I've heard of people doing it. Um, but like, just to give like a little example, Megan and I are going to Tokyo for... 10 days and we were planning out our our, uh, our days yesterday and we still don't feel like we have enough time just for japan um so i mean i i couldn't even imagine mixing in another what two parks in two different countries or hong kong and shanghai it'd be difficult yeah so Going back to similar questions before, so your first time in an international park, what do you think your emotions will be like if you see someone wearing a Walt's wardrobe shirt in Tokyo? I actually thought about this. <laughs> I uh, I kind of wanted to reach out and see like if anybody was in Japan because I know we ha we've had some customers buy from Japan 
Um, it's very few though. Um, but like, that would just be amazing. Like, I don't even know, like if we could like properly communicate with them, I <laughs> hope so. That would be amazing. Um, if they're from America or an American speaking country, that would be even better. Um, but, um, we're actually meeting up with people, um, from Disneyland over there, which, is, oh. which is very like, just happened like the luck of the draw the fact that they're going to be there at the same time um but if i were to see a shirt it would just it would be crazy i would have to document it and kind of like uh fangirl over them wearing our shirt <laughs> <laughs> yep i uh, you know i'm pretty new in this podcast but um it, when i'm looking through the stats and seeing where my downloads came from the first time that I got like a Australian download or an Italian or a French, my jaw was just on the floor that like, why would someone from those countries uh, want to listen to my podcast? And I think, you know, it's, it's the question, the answer is that Disney is universal and has no geographic bounds and that people all over the globe have this love for it. But I was, I was shocked that, that it was able to make it to completely different continents. Yeah. I mean, that's a great thing. Disney is an American brand, but it's a global brand now. Mm -hmm. And it's crazy, like, how you could just connect people through podcasts, through Instagram, through T-shirts. Like, it's crazy. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So next question would be your favorite Disney resort. Oh, that's tough. Was it, does it have to be, like, in the U.S.? No. Okay. No, not at all. It's it's gotta be Alani. Um, before we went to Alani for our honeymoon, um, it was the Poly, and then after we went to Alani, like it just blew the Polynesian out of the water. Um, no pun intended. Um, yeah, it's crazy. Like that that park um is like the Poly, but on steroids. It's it's, it's absolutely amazing. Um, there's no theme park there. But that's absolutely fine because you can wake up and go to the Lazy River and go to sleep by the pool and then wake up and go to the beach and then get some drinks and some food and go back to the pool. And that's all you do. And it's, it's absolutely perfect. Yeah, we were lucky enough to go to Alani last October. And it's funny that you mentioned the, the poly in the same sentence as it because we were in the gift store and presented our DVC card to get our DVC discount. Yeah. And they said, oh, well, where's your home resort? And we said, oh, it's the Poly at Walt Disney World. And they said, oh, so it's kind of similar to being here, right? And we were like, <laughs> no, no, not like, not even in the same league. <laughs> I mean, they don't have Trader Sam's, but they have the Lilo Room, which is like on the other side of the spectrum. But I mean, that's that's probably the only thing I would say, like the Poly, not even the same. <laughs> Yeah, I, that's what we told him. Like the smell, maybe is the only thing that <laughs> that's that's comparable between these two resorts. Yeah, I mean, the, the, like, like when you go up that hill and you just walk through the lobby and you just see the ocean, like nothing can beat that. It's oh, it's so good. Yeah, that was one of our favorite memories. Was you know we, we of course any kind of long connecting flights flying from Nashville. We got delayed in LAX, which I think is the last airport anybody <laughs> wants to be delayed in. Yeah. You know, finally got to Alani right as the sun was setting, immediately went to the gift store, bought two Mickey bars and just sat out on that, on that patio outside the lobby. And that was, that was you know, awesome. we made so many great memories the rest of the trip, but 
that's a kind of a picture perfect Disney moment right there. Yeah. I mean, like nobody can, it's something you just have to go to experience. Cause I mean, like the moment you step out of whatever vehicle you, you, you rode on to get there and they give you the lays and you just see the resort for the first time is just amazing. Um, Tokyo might beat that, but I, I want to say that's our favorite, uh, favorite resort as of now. <laughs> Which resort are you staying in in Tokyo? So we're doing Disneyland. Disneyland Hotel. Awesome. Yeah, so we'll see how that is. Yeah, I've, I've seen pictures and videos of it, and it looks amazing. Yeah, I mean, we're, we're not big fans of the Grand, and we've heard a lot of comparisons to the Grand. Um, Floridian, that is. Um, just because like the the Grand Floridian's a little little stuffy for us, but we're hoping you know it, it's it's comfortable and we're good with it. That's why we like the Palm in Alani so much. It's so laid back. Oh yeah, for sure. So next question would be your favorite ride or attraction. That's a tough one, because um, if you were gonna say Disneyland, it's got to be Indiana Jones. Like mm-hmm. just getting on that um, just reminds me of my childhood because. I would ride that as a child and just be amazed every single time. Um, but then if you're just talking um, Disney World, then I probably ought to say Jungle Cruise. I mean, nothing nothing beats uh, those jokes. You just ride it every yeah. time and I'd still laugh. I'd still laugh. Just love it. For sure. Is there a particular attraction that you're really pumped for in Tokyo? I've heard good things about, um, what is it, the Pooh's Honey Hunt, just because it's like that trackless ride. Um, but I'm excited for uh, the Monsters, Inc. ride, just kind of like that interactiveness. Um, you basically ride the Monsters ride, but like you play hide and seek with them, like you flash a light, and then you try to like find where the monsters are. I think that's great. Yeah, that sounds awesome. So next question would be your favorite snack or a go-to snack. Hmm. My favorite snack. It's got to be churros, the plain ones. Um, I have to say Disneyland's churros are better. Um, and they're more abundant. I don't know why, but like Disney World, like you have to you have to search for a churro. But then when you go to Disneyland, they're like all over the place. Um, I haven't tried any of the flavored ones um but it's got to be uh that classic churro yeah i i we've had similar conversations to that that like when i think of churros in walt disney world i can i'm sure there's multiple multiple carts that sell them but i can only think of one and it's in frontierland like across from country bear jam that's the one i think of it (laughs) yeah we're actually going to disneyland next week as well and that's something we're so excited about uh, my wife, Catherine, has underlined, circled, drawn big X's all around the s'mores churro that they have for the fall Halloween season. So we will we will be in line for that one. Have you guys been to Disneyland before? I went when I was a child. And um, so I don't really remember it that well. Um, so we're, we're going. It's me, my wife, and my sister-in-law, who is a Walt Disney World cast member. Um, and it'll be both of their first time in Disneyland. Nice. Going back to Mecca, huh? Oh, yeah. <laughs> nice. You guys are going to love it. Yeah, for sure. We are so pumped. So next question would be your favorite Disney restaurant. I think 
Oh, this one's tough. It's either between Brown Derby, which I love, but it's got to go to California Girl. I mean, that's where I proposed to Megan. So it's got to go to California Girl. Well, since we're on the subject, can we hear the uh, the brief proposal story? Yeah, of course. Um, so this was a this was our big trip because you know we needed to buckle down and not do any more trips um, because Megan was going to start nursing school, and um, I was like third year into engineering school. Sort of, like, all right, it's going to be a big trip, and um, I had already planned this all out because I had been saving for the engagement ring six months ahead of time. So I already knew like, you know, this was going to be it. And what I did was um, we had a week long trip. We actually stayed at the poly um, and we were going to have our dinner at California grill, which was, you know, it's still our favorite restaurant. And we try to go every trip. We actually haven't been recently. Um, So I was like, all right, we'll make a trip there. And then I had planned for my family, um, Megan's family and her cousins to surprise her at dinner and all the planning comes along and my brother actually like drops the ball and he's like, yeah, we're going to Disney. And Megan's like, Oh, what are they doing? I was like, Oh, I guess they're just going to be there. So we'll have dinner with them. So it ends up being a double date and, you know, Megan still hasn't caught on and, we get to the grand. I had like planned with them basically this proposal, and they told us wait on the other side of the um, viewing decks. Wait on the right side as opposed to the left one, closer to the Magic Kingdom, and we'll get everything ready. And whenever you guys are ready, go ahead and go to the left side, and we'll go ahead and bring your family out, and we'll bring the ring. They brought the ring out on a glass slipper. Um, which is really cool as opposed to, you know, just putting it in like a ring box. And I just like give my speech to Megan and she's just like surprised. Like, why is my family here? Why is your family here? They're here for my birthday. And, and I just get on one knee and then I propose and we have like a big old dinner and we watch uh, wishes. And that was basically uh, my proposal. That's awesome. That, that's an amazing story. Thanks. I love telling that story. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It's funny that, um, you know, you had a brother who dropped the ball and and spilled the beans in my proposal story in Disney World. My sister-in-law, who, um, you know, is a cast member, so should know this, was we were going to eat at Boma at Animal Kingdom Lodge right after we got engaged. She gets on a bus with my wife's cousin and goes to Fort Wilderness. Oh. And and like halfway there, I guess they realize, oh crap, we're we're going to the wrong resort. Luckily, <laughs> yeah. Luckily Disney pulled their magic, got him a a van and and sped him over there and, and were able to surprise him, but I still don't let her live that down that you know, <laughs> you're a cast member and you went to the wrong resort. <laughs> That's funny. That's a good one. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thanks so much for sharing that. Yeah. So the next question would be your favorite Disney movie. Uh, this one's uh, another tie to Megan and I. Um, our first date was Toy Story three, mm-hmm. kind of. So it's it's 
that's definitely up there. Um, if it's not that, it's a goofy movie. Um, I just remember watching that countless times as a kid and just like playing the cassette over and over again. <laughs> that that's hilarious. I feel like, I think this is episode. It's in the high twenties now. I've lost count a little bit. But this is three straight episodes where a goofy movie is mentioned in that question. <laughs> and all of the previous episodes, it never got mentioned. So it's, I guess I'm talking to a lot of 90s people, you know, Probably. people who <laughs> who are in that time frame. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. So next one would be your favorite Disney song. Hmm. Maybe Eye to Eye <laughs> from a Goofy movie. Yeah. That, uh, that, the, those two Tevin Campbell songs, Eye to Eye, and those two are just like great songs. Um, mm-hmm. And they're not the biggest ones for sure. I'm pretty sure if I busted out singing it, like only a few would get it. But <laughs> um, you could yeah. go ahead and sing if you want to. Oh, no, I'd rather not. <laughs> All right. Next one would be your favorite Disney quote, either from Walt himself or from any of the movies. Hmm. I've never really kept a, a quote like that, but I mean, if it's got to be one, it's it's got to be from, uh, um, does Pixar count? Yeah, for sure. Okay. It's got to be the, the, the Gustos. Anyone can cook. I mm-hmm. love cooking, so that's definitely... Uh, something um that that comes to mind um and we that's like you know one of our first designs and we've redone that design like three times and um we made a play on it ours is anyone can eat but uh just the the fact that you know um the 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 message that gusto's kind of portraying is a really good one for sure that's a great choice and so last question of the lightning round would be your favorite Disney memory. If you haven't already shared it. Ah, that proposal one. <laughs> hard to beat. Um, maybe our first, uh, Megan and I's first trip. Um, kind of just that whole part of being on a trip together away from our families, but like, you know, being at Disney world and, me experiencing that whole part and Megan kind of getting nostalgia from it and kind of walking me through how her childhood was like. Um, that was pretty, that was pretty awesome. Um, kind of her explaining, you know, like how her family used to make road trips to Disney world and then kind of building her own memories. Um, that was a pretty good one. Yeah, that's great. I figured we, whenever you shared your proposal story, I, I thought, well, I need to mentally cross that question off the list because I bet he just answered that one. Yeah. <laughs> well, good deal. So that concludes the lightning round. And so the last question is something that we ask all of our guests. And it's so if there's someone out there and they're looking and, you know, they have this love or this passion for Disney and they're looking for the right way to express it, you know, take on a new project, start an Etsy shop, start an Instagram page, whatever it might be. What is your piece of parting guidance to that person? Just kind of put um, to all those trying to start a shop or, you know, kind of doing the same thing that we're doing um, is definitely putting yourself into the company, kind of 
showcasing who you are and portraying that through your shop and kind of using that as as your voice um the the power we have with our instagram is um i mean we don't have like a gigantic following but i mean we do reach a lot of people and i feel like if we can show our love and our passion of disney of the disney parks through our brand and if people can kind of get a glimpse of who we are i feel like um with the with our shop and with our instagram it's a it's a pretty powerful tool and we want our customers to kind of see how passionate myself and megan are when it comes to our clothing line um so yeah yeah that's great i think that's uh wonderful advice that uh kind of injecting yourself into the you know the culture of the company goes a long way in, in helping people feel those emotional connections with it and, and realize, you know, that, that you're putting so much thought and so much effort into trying to put good things out there that, that people are going to enjoy. Yeah. Um, I mean like with any tool that you have out there, it's always, it's always best if whoever you're trying to reach out to can kind of um, see you at a personal level just to build like that personal connection. Um, you know, I always say that, um, one of my inspirations when starting the shop is uh, a brand called Johnny Cupcakes. I don't know if you've heard of him or his brand. Um, he's got plenty of interviews out there, but I mean, when I try to work on our company, I always try to have his kind of mindset because he puts himself into the company and you can really see it, whether it comes through on his Instagram or on his website or on his clothing. Um I just feel like I, I want to do the same and it's definitely not easiest at times. Um, but it's definitely something that can be done and, and should be like a main focus. For sure. Yeah. I think that's wonderful. And I think that so many people can relate to that where it is. Um, I think for me personally, I think it's a balancing act of you need to create things that you're passionate about and, and that lets your personality shine through but it is great to, you know, picture someone out there who's doing what you want to be doing and try to pick up any tips or any tricks of the trade that you can. So uh, for me as a Disney podcaster, Lou Mangiello, who runs WDW Radio, is like the guy in Disney yeah. podcasting. So it's like anything that I can adopt or or learn from from his experiences, uh, I think is, is the correct route to go. And I think something that I'll, I'll add on to that is that I think, especially in the age of social media, it a lot of times seems like those people who you you put on a pedestal um, and, and those people who you want to be like, a lot of times I think we put these invisible barriers between ourselves and them, you know, whether it be based on followers or influence or anything like that. But uh, I think uh, more often than not, you'd be surprised how many people are happy to connect with you, happy to give their time, happy to share their experiences. Uh, to to lend a helping hand out there. Yeah, that's always the best feeling to think that uh, people you look up to and uh, actually getting communication from them or some kind of some kind of nod um, mm-hmm. that feels good. Absolutely. Well, Justin, I can't thank you enough for joining us today, sharing some of your Disney story, sharing the story of Walt's wardrobe. 
um, I think I can speak for myself and the entire Disney community to thank you for doing what you do, putting yourself out there, um, taking those leaps of faith and, and uh, you know, creating a brand that so many people are able to connect with. And, and thanks for sharing your time with us today. Thanks for having me on. Um, I wish Megan was here, but hopefully I kind of did the brand justice. Yeah, absolutely. Well, maybe we can uh, chat with Megan once we have that Tokyo trip report and uh, we can get both of your experiences from that. Of course, we we want to talk to anybody who wants to talk about Tokyo because <laughs> I'm pretty sure we're going to have lengthy, lengthy conversations about that. Absolutely. Well, we look forward to it. Well, for our listeners, if you're not already, make sure you connect with Justin and Megan at Walt's Wardrobe on Instagram or their website at waltz-wardrobe.com. Check out all their amazing designs, follow them, connect with them, watch their story unfold and, and support them if, if you're able to find something that, that resonates with you. So Justin, anything else that you want to share with the listeners before we head off? No, that was it. I just want to thank you for having, uh, having me on the show. Perfect. All right. Well, thank you very much. And uh, we will chat soon. Have a great time in Tokyo. Thanks. Bye. Thank you for listening to Detour to Neverland. If you like what you heard, please subscribe and leave a review on iTunes. Visit our website at detourtoneverland.com to catch up on the blog. Also, don't forget to like us on Facebook and follow us on Instagram at Detour to Neverland underscore podcast. Detour to Neverland underscore podcast. Have a great day.